So this morning, uh, I wanna talk about uh, what I've entitled as a message, standing on the margins with the leper. Uh, now this is a leper that has spots, but it's not a leopard. It's not that kind of leper, it's a leper. Someone who has leprosy. So, uh, in the desert, in the desert, which is where we are now, by the way, right? Uh, Bamidbar. Uh, we learn many lessons, and uh, we receive teachings that I think otherwise we would not be prone to embrace. Desperation breeds apprehension. Apprehension. Uh, often drives us to a place of attention and reception. And so you've heard, well, we've got his attention, or we've got their attention. God gets our attention in the wilderness, in circumstances and places that we don't want to be, but we find ourselves in. And it's hard to think in terms of all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, for those that are called according to the purpose. It's, it's hard to always uh, be reminded of that when we are in dark, dreary, and desperate circumstances. The loneliness, the loneliness in those dark moments in the desert is often our schoolyard where we become spiritually sensitive to what God is saying and what God is doing. Think of all the times when God showed up while you were moaning and murmuring and complaining and self-pitying and feeling sorry for yourself in the wilderness. Think about that. Yeshua died for us when we were yet sinners. Ah, some would die for a, for a good person, but uh, Yeshua died for us when we were without hope, when we were uh, sinners, we were unable to uh, extricate ourselves from that wilderness wandering. You know, it happened to me, uh, it happened to me, uh, first of all, in Finland, where it was dark and I was in despair and in a desperate situation, and God showed up. And he showed up a number of times since then as well. Well, it's also well to, to note that much of the Torah instruction that was given to Moses in the wilderness was not for the wilderness times, uh, but was for after the wilderness. You know, that would really be a nice name for an aftershave lotion, after the wilderness. Um, in other words, it was a teaching for the future, a type of proleptic teaching, an anticipation of what was to be. So for example, uh, we read that when you come into the land, you'll plant a tree, you'll plant trees. Um, that was obviously not for the wilderness. The hagim, that is the, uh, the, the feast, uh, Leviticus 23 uh, <coughs> feast, uh, for example, the Passover was for the future. Remember that the children of Israel had to be circumcised before they entered the land. They had to be right. He had to be right for the Passover. He had to be right uh, for other uh, service to the Lord as well. Then there were Torah teachings that applied only to the wilderness, but that had further reaching implications. 
the tabernacle itself was a warm-up for the temple that was to be built in the future. Another example would be the manna from heaven that fell six days a week, a double portion on Friday, so that they would not have to work and gather uh, their food on, on Shabbat. Uh, they would eat this heavenly food only in the wilderness, but we know that it looked forward to the living bread who would come from heaven, Yeshua, whose being we must digest in order uh, to gain everlasting life. And we had the, uh, the, the symbolism of it, in fact, probably more than symbolism, the mysticism, actually, of the bread and the body, uh, whereby we remember the Messiah, Yeshua. We had that this morning. So the law of leprosy is one wilderness Torah command which was relevant to the wilderness and beyond. In comparing Judaism and Christianity, one Christian pastor said, Judaism is a religion of law, but Christianity asked, what would Jesus do? But we already know what Yeshua would do. He would keep the law, which brings us to the law of the leper, expounded in Torah, but obviously one that had further spiritual application even outside of the wilderness, and application to us this morning as well. Leprosy appears to be a contagious skin disease in Scripture. Not the modern Hansen's disease, which is not thought to be very contagious. Why do the Scriptures focus, focus so much on this one disease as, for example, it does in the whole chapter of Leviticus 13? with detailed instructions for the priest uh, who was to diagnose the disease. So, uh, in Leviticus 13, for example, uh, when a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab or bright spot, and it be in the skin of the flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest or unto one of his sons, the priests. And then if we go all the way to the end of that chapter, and it's all dealing with uh, leprosy and the diagnosis of leprosy and the details and what is not leprous and what is leprous and what do you do about it, <clears throat> to verse 45 and 6, and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip, and shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone, without the camp shall his habitation be. I suggest that we see God's compassion through the scriptures related to leprosy. It is the priest who is to diagnose this disease. And God, we see, has a heart for those who are afflicted with disease. Uh, he is uh, very focused on the diagnosis and determination of whether it is leprosy or whether it is not leprosy because of the consequences, which we'll mention in a moment. But God has a heart for those who are sick, 
who are poor, who are underprivileged, who are mentally and physically handicapped, who are minorities and misfits in society. The scriptures here bring the healthy priest in contact with the sick leper, the clean with the unclean, a theme throughout all of scripture. The priest is the one who is to diagnose the condition and who is given detailed scriptural instruction to facilitate that diagnosis, the color of the skin, the depth of the suspected plague, and the extent of the spread of the suspected disease. All of this needed to accurately diagnose the disease, the condition. The consequence of the disease is social ostracism. It's social isolation. And so the priest needs to be very careful in diagnosing it, lest he, be, lest he mislabel the person and thereby confine the person to an outcast status without justification. There was also an emphasis on re-examination. So there was a <clears throat> back to the priest to re-examine to determine if and when there has been this cure or this healing so the person might come back into the camp or back into the congregation or back into fellowship. We have a story in the New Covenant in Luke 10, 25 through the end of the chapter, probably 35, 37, about a priest who came upon a man who was beaten and lying on the road in an injured condition. The priest, rather than having concern for this man who was injured and suffering and bleeding and having been, you know, in this condition for a while, crossed the road to avoid contact. So now we know the answer to the common question, why did the priest cross the road, right? Uh, to avoid contact with the injured man lying on the side of the road. That's the answer. Um, perhaps the priest was in a hurry uh, to get to the temple uh, or maybe to meet some of his priest friends so that uh, they could fellowship and have a, a good study, uh, a good Bible study. Or perhaps uh, he was going to meet a proselyte or maybe a God-fearer to see about conversion. He was busy, right? And uh, he crossed the road to avoid the contact uh, with him. The priest uh, was inattentive to the needs of the other for one reason or another. And hence, he breaks the law of priestly love and compassion and intercession, leaving it to another, a good Samaritan the least likely, really, to help under these uh, circumstances. But this good Samaritan, because he was Samaritan and wasn't uh, like completely within the Jewish camp because he worshiped uh, on another hill in another place and had a different uh, subculture and uh, uh, was uh, not into uh, the... Uh, uh, sectarian Judaism of the day of the of the Pharisees and the priests and the like, at least not uh, it was connected to the temple uh, there in Jerusalem. So 
a good Samaritan to do the godly thing who treated his condition, binding up his wounds and putting him in a place to stay. We have more examples throughout scripture where the well person demonstrated concern for the other, the stranger, the poor, the needy, the ostracized, the diseased, the hurting, the suffering person who is suffering from uh, mental disease. Abraham demonstrated when he ran from his tent in the heat of the day to meet the three strangers who showed up at his tent. Uh, If we go back to Noah, Noah built an ark uh, to meet his family's needs, to save them. Noah, uh, Rahab, when she received the spies with peace. Moses, when he denied himself and sacrificed for his people, suffering afflictions with them rather than to endure the pleasures of sin for a season in Egypt. Joseph showed compassion to his brethren who came to Egypt in search of food, and he did it even though they had severely mistreated him. These godly ones had to move out of their comfort zone in order to attend to the needs of the other and had to deny themselves, had to sacrifice, had to exercise discipline, so that they might create a better world for somebody else. These extended care and concern and hospitality to the marginalized. Yeshua is our high priestly example here, of one who ran headlong to meet those on the margins of society. He met the woman caught in adultery and he found a legal way in which to acquit her rather than stone her couldn't find the necessary two witnesses. He met the woman at the well in Samaria, and contrary to all tradition and culture, spoke life into her sin-ridden heart. He ate with the sinners and didn't worry about the accusations and what people were saying, what the scuttlebutt in the hall was concerning him mingling with sinners and with the downtrodden in society. He fed the hungry, he clothed the needy in all, in all of his abiding love. This was the reason for his advent. Uh, he came to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to open the prison doors for those who were confined. Um, for what is pure religion but to visit the orphan uh, and to visit the widow and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, that we might be able to give to others the love that he has bestowed upon us. Yeshua was in the best position to meet those on the margins because he himself was on the margins. Yeshua on the margins. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's knocking from the outside. He is on the margins. He is calling the Jewish community. He is calling the the Jewish people to himself. He's on the margins there. He's not in the center. He's on the margins. Yeshua is on the margins. He is the scholar leper who is reported in the Talmud in Sanhedrin, a tractate in in the uh, Talmud. He's the scholar leper 
who sits at the gates and binds and unbinds one wound at a time. And he never takes off two bandages at a time, so the sages say. Uh, and uh, even uh, Rashi, a medieval uh, uh, commentator, uh, because he wants to always be ready. He can't unbind two at a time because it would take him too much time to, to uh, re-bind uh, the two, so he does it one at a time, so he can be ready when the time is right to respond, to come, to... He's the scholar leper. He's the Isaiah 53, a diseased one because of our sin and because of our disease. Um, and he was despised and he was rejected and he was a man of sorrows and he was humiliated and he was opposed and even today he stands on the margins of the Jewish community though gently knocking on the door, gently. He's a gentleman. He suffered the shame of man in innocence and in silence, falsely accused and scorned for no cause. And so he who knew no sin became sin. Our sin was imputed to him, and he's able to identify with those who suffer with sickness and disease and sin. He became a leper to redeem the leprous ones of whom we all are. It is time for New Testament priests to take our stand on the margins with Yeshua, to honor the image of God in other people. You know, that minority person, that gay person, that person who is suffering from a grotesque disability, that person who has uh, sitting on death row, they all were made in the image of God. And as hard as it is to recognize it, we need only look into our own hearts and our own self to recognize that we too don't seem all the time to be representing the imagery of God. It's time to honor the image of God in other people and thus turn the world into a home for his divine presence. After all, isn't what it's all about for us to make a better world because of what Yeshua has done for us? And isn't it a, the turf, the place, the geographics where God has placed us to take this world one square inch at a time and celebrate his victory? When we see the other as in the image of God, then we truly encounter God, for he too stands on the margins of society with us. It is then that we are not alone, for there we encounter Yeshua. And in Leviticus 13, the priest diagnosed the condition and waited for the leper to recover and be pronounced well, but with Yeshua, we go right into the leper camps and reach a loving hand outward to heal the sick with the touch of God and the love of his son. We have that authority and power in the Lord to take the initiative and not wait for 
the healing and not wait for the prognosis or the rechecking, but to go into the leper camps knowing that we have the shield, the protection, and the equipment that God has equipped us with. May the brightness of Yeshua in the wilderness shine light on God's word and the need to extend hospitality to those who suffer on the margins of society. The sex trafficked, the drug addict, the AIDS victim, the abortion mother, the stranger in our midst, the so-called lepers in our society. We as new covenant priests also need to stand on the margins with our people Israel who are sick with blindness, and to pray and intercede for the recovery of their sight. We as priests need to look into our own community and identify the needy in our midst and lend a helping hand. We as priests need to look into our own lives and diagnose any lingering problem of rebellion and purge out the leaven that we may be a new lump worthy of the high calling of the New Testament priesthood. May God add add richly to the blessing of his word. Baruch Hashem and Shabbat Shalom.